So today is World Communion Sunday. We want to give a huge, huge thank you to everyone who adjusted their schedule and came out to help unload pumpkins yesterday. Couldn't have done it without each and every one of you. And if you've not signed up to help at the pumpkin patch booth, please consider doing so as you leave. If you have an interest in serving the congregation, there are several openings on the worship committee, and if you would like to serve, please contact Pastor Jim. Also, please continue to make reservations for Sunday worship, and they need to be done before noon each Wednesday. Our communion offering today will benefit the World Communion Sunday Scholarships. The first scripture reading today comes from Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 17, and I'm reading from the King James Version. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them, for I the Lord am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God, in it thou shalt do no work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. The word of God for the people of God. Let us join together in a prayer. O oh, most merciful God, we praise and love you. We gather this morning to tell of your love and of your goodness. Father, we thank you for all things. But we especially thank you for the freedom to gather and to worship. Guide us with your Holy Spirit that we might keep your commandments 
As we gather around the table today, we remember our sisters and brothers around the world who are also breaking bread in remembrance of Jesus. Show each of us what we can do to make your kingdom known to all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today is World Communion Sunday, and it's a great opportunity to remember that there are groups of us, followers of Jesus, throughout the world, and sharing communion today. And, of course, there will be some people that will actually be doing it simultaneously with us, but, but that doesn't matter. The thing is, is that we, we all do it together. And it's a great, great occasion for us to remember the awesome responsibility that God has entrusted all of us with. And that's what our scripture reading is about this morning. God has always entrusted us. It says that God put the man in the garden to till and keep it. And we are still to be tilling it and keeping it. And because of the fall, it's become our job to, with God's trust, again, to help restore it to its divine state. I'm going to, as I do a lot of times, I'm going to read another scripture before, before I read the lectionary scripture. And trust me, it'll, uh, it'll all go together. This comes from Isaiah chapter 5. Consider the word of the Lord. Let me sing for my beloved, my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed out a wine vat in it. He expected it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the 21st chapter of the gospel according to Matthew. And again, as the lectionary does, the lectionary chops things up. Before I start reading today's passage, which starts at verse 33... I want us to look back to verse 23, because if we don't, we're really taking it out of context. Jesus is asked a very important question here by the scribes and the Pharisees, and he answers it first in a little bit of a roundabout way, and then pretty much in a straightforward way, which is what we'll read in a few minutes. When he entered the temple, and this also, this is during Jesus' last week. He's, he's come into town on the donkey and all of that earlier. He's, his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. He goes to the temple. When he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority? Are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. 
If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven or did it or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. And then he tells them the brief thing about the two sons, the one that said, oh, yeah, Daddy, I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do, and then goes off and does something else. And the other one who said, you know, I'm not so interested in what you want done, but then ended up doing the Father's will anyway. Okay? And then we get to today's reading. He's still answering the question, by what authority do you do these things? He's given them the answer. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other slaves, more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? Got another question for him. They're quicker to answer this one. They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the Scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and Pharisees heard his parable, they realized that he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who sent Jesus with all authority, 
May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. Well, Jesus told them in this parable the whole history of Israel and why he was there in a very, very short parable. Boy, he had, he had such a great talent of being concise about things. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. But remember, he was answering the question, where did he get the authority? He got it from God. He was God's son, and he told him that. Now, see, there, there are many things in this parable, and we're not going to talk about them this morning. We could, uh, we could probably do a series just on this parable for a long time. But what I want to concentrate on this morning is what the parable tells us about Jesus. Because this is World Communion Sunday, and Jesus commanded us to remember him when we celebrate communion. So on this World Communion Sunday, when we all get together around the world and remember that we are to remember Jesus, from this parable, these are the things I want us to remember about Jesus. I want us to remember that he is our foundation. He is, as he said here, as we read in Psalm 118, the cornerstone. The cornerstone that the builders rejected, and a lot of people still reject Jesus. See, another thing Jesus did in this parable, he told us what reality was. Reality is God's kingdom, and he has all the authority. Anything else is going to end up dust, right? That's what he said there. He's the foundation. He's the cornerstone of our life. And he's the judge. He's the son that came to return creation to the way God wanted it in the first place, as he will, as he will, ultimately. And he's the judge that judges everything and everybody. He alluded to these things. So he knew who he was talking to. Jesus knew his audience. He was talking to the scribes and the Pharisees. And they were blind, right? They were blind. Bless their hearts. They, they, they had good intentions. They had been given authority by God to what? Take care of the vineyard. But when their agenda became more important than God's will, they killed the prophets. Those are the, the, the people that, that uh, the landowner sends and gets killed that it talks about there. They killed the prophets and stoned some of the prophets and locked up some of the prophets. When the prophets came and told them that they were turning away from God, and they killed the son outside of the vineyard, right? Outside of Jerusalem. So I said Jesus is our foundation, okay? And Jesus was telling them he was their foundation, right? Now, where would I get an idea like that? Where would Jesus get an idea like that? How would the Pharisees understand that when he told them, okay? 
Well, the first thing I want us to look at, I'm going to have us look at three specific scriptures this morning. The first one I'm just going to, or, or actually, I'm going to mention a fourth. Remember, Jesus sets it up. This, this particular parable is more of an allegory than it is a parable because everything in there is a historical fact that happened. And Jesus said what? He said the landowner rented out the vineyard. Everything in heaven and on earth belongs to God, period. That's reality. Deuteronomy 14.10 is one place that tells us that, okay? Now, I said Jesus was the foundation, okay? Remember the stone. Remember the stone of Jesus who was the foundation. Isaiah, again, I, I, wrote, I read a, a quote from Isaiah chapter 5 there about the vineyard, which again, Jesus knew good and well his audience knew about. And then in Isaiah 28, verse 16 says, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, I am laying in Zion a foundation stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. As you take communion this morning, Remember the stone of Jesus that was a sure foundation. And then the verse that Jesus puts in here, Psalm 118, about being the cornerstone. Remember Jesus, the stone. Remember the stone who is the cornerstone. And fashion everything in your life around that cornerstone. I'm going to actually start up at verse 20 of Psalm 118 because it tells us something else about Jesus. Psalm 118, verse 20. This is the gate. Sounds a lot like John 10. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Remember the stone. Remember the stone, Jesus, who is the cornerstone. And have everything in your life around that. And then Jesus says, what? This is what happens when you come up against reality. Okay? This is what happens when anybody comes up with reality, you know? It's like walking over here and beating your head against the proverbial wall. All right? This is what happens. He said, what? He said, that stone is going to crush those people who don't get with the program, so to speak, okay? Again, Jesus is the judge. And we will remember that again when we remember Jesus in the communion. The other passage 
that Jesus was alluding to that he knew, these guys knew, comes from Daniel chapter 2. Hmm. And if you look at Daniel chapter 2, verse 34, Daniel here is addressing King Nebuchadnezzar, and he's interpreting King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. But this is also one of the primary prophecies in the Bible about the way things are going to end up. As you looked on, a stone was cut out. Hmm. Not by human hands. And it struck the statue on its feet. In verse 44, And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall this kingdom be let to another people. It shall crush all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever. Just as you saw that a stone was cut from the mountain, not by hands, and that it crushed the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. The word of the Lord. So, how do we look at this? Again, as I said, there, there are so many things we could garner from this very short passage. And Jesus did. He gave the whole history of Israel up to that time, and he talked about how he was rejected by the king of Israel. Most of the folks in Israel missed the point that he was the Messiah, that he came. Sadly, most of the folks in the world today miss that point as well. But it's still, through the authority of Jesus, what did Jesus say in Matthew 28, 18? He said, what? All authority has been given to me. And because of my authority, you're supposed to go out and make disciples, right? Jesus came back to claim what was the Father's. Jesus came back to restore the world to what God's will was. And we are still charged with that task today with God's help. So Jesus said, y'all were supposed to do it. Y'all were supposed to be the light on the hill. Y'all were supposed to be the one that shared good news with the rest of the world so that they might be saved. And you blew it. So we're taking it away from you and giving it to somebody else to see if they can finish the job. So as you go out this week, here's your assignment. Here's something we can all do. Something I encourage myself to do on a pretty regular basis. I'd probably be lying if I said I encourage myself to do it on a daily basis. Sometimes I get distracted and do other things. But think about your actions. Are your actions bringing people to God? Or pushing them away from God. You see, that's what the Pharisees did. They set up a system where they forgot the fact that they were supposed to be responsible leaders and they thought they owned everything, right? That's what Jesus said, too, right? When the landowner sent his representatives to get his rightful share to collect the rent, if you will, 
They said no. It got in the way of their agenda. You know, some of those guys might have actually realized that maybe this guy is the Messiah. But you know, if we let him go doing what he wants to do, it's going to mess up our whole system. And we don't want that, you know. Heaven forbid. It might take us out of the way and put somebody else in, the, in charge. God. So, consider your actions this week and ask yourself, am I attracting somebody to the kingdom or am I causing somebody to turn away from the kingdom? And as you come to the table this morning, as we remember people around the world, around the world sharing in communion today, ask yourself, is there anything in me that's similar to what was in the wicked tenants? Is there any selfishness in me? Is there anything in me that wants to prevent God's will from being done so my will can be done? Ask yourself what that might be. And if you find something there, ask God to remove it because God's grace is here. Ask God to remove that from you and remember the stone, the stone that's Jesus, who is our foundation, who is our cornerstone, who is our Savior and judge. Amen. Now go in peace, and as you go, go with the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the steadfast love of God, and the unity of the Holy Spirit. Amen.